This is Robert from Twin Peaks, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Got a light? A uh, story where a guy is just walking through the woods and he stumbles over something. And it looks kind of shiny. Maybe he thinks it's a gold rock or something. And so he's like, oh, okay. He tries to pick it up, but it's like, it's in there. It's in the ground. And so he just keeps digging and digging and digging it. And he ends up finding out it's basically a shallow grave of a mummy in a sarcophagus. And he's, you know, away from people. Maybe he's just one of those survivalist guys. He just goes out in the middle of nowhere, but he's away from people. He doesn't have anyone to share this news with. Maybe he has no cell phone reception. But um, from that moment forward, strange stuff starts happening. Hello, Inspirato Projecto. This is Man Behind the Machine. Are you using new apps on the phone for some reason? Are you using it for iPhone or Android? Any apps for any reason that you're using, aside from Anchor? How's technology changing your life? Oh, by the way, have you been sold on virtual reality? I just received a phone call from yesterday from actually a friend, Dr. Claw, telling me that it's reality and I got to buy in. Did you buy into VR, Oculus, Rift? Just wait till Apple gets its claws on then. VR. Thank you, man, behind the machine for another thought-provoking question. I have been using other apps. I actually downloaded an app called Duolingo, and I'm learning Spanish every day, every day. I think about uh, 15 minutes. It's kind of like a video game. I think it's very clever the way that they set this up because uh, there are little characters on there, and it uh, they do it just a seamless way of integrating certain things. They have you repeat certain things and then it, it kind of grades you. Well, not grades you, but it it shows you whether the, whether you're pronouncing it uh, the way you're supposed to. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Right now I'm learning about travel. So I would say donde esta el pasaporte. Donde es Donde esta la Aeropuerte Where is the aer- aer- airport Where is it uh, Yo Tengo Una maleta That means I have a suitcase I'm learning some of this stuff Yo Bebo agua. I drink water. So I'm learning this stuff. The app is helping out. Virtual reality, I'd love to get into. I've done some voices for a really kick-ass virtual reality project. And you can download it for free. If you go to, on Facebook, there's, a, it's called The Archivist. <clears throat> and it, uh, 
It's inspired by Twin Peaks and a guy named Orly Rodriguez. He just started making The Red Room and then that inspired him to make more rooms and he uh, asked me to do some voices and then also my buddy Jason McNeil does voices for it. He does a lot of the voices for it. I got to do Agent Jeffries as the tea, tea kettle. Also, I'm doing the voice of... Um, Hey, uh, oh god, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. The guy who goes fishing and he finds wrapped in plastic. There was a fish in the percolator. There was a fish in the percolator. That guy. So virtual reality, I'd love, I'd love to get into virtual reality. I'd love to do that. I think next year, for next year's Kapow, I'm going to uh, going to start uh, going to open up some missions to virtual reality. This year, we open it up to public service announcements and podcasts, which is great. Next year. I'd like to say virtual reality. It all depends if we got space. It all depends on this uh, Lemley if this is going to be sold off or not. There's some 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 curiosity going on with that. Um, but having Player One Arcade Bar right down the street, that space right there that I could totally um, envision setting up virtual reality stuff there for people to try out, test out, and. Uh, you know, have it sort of be an extension of of Kapow. I love that place. It's such a cool place. Not to mention uh, L.A. Grip is another good place for that, for that uh, type of experimentation. So, yeah, that's the latest app. Um, also, I downloaded Periscope on t- onto this phone. I have it on my uh, iPad. And as some of you know, I when I broadcast live at Keichung I'll, I'll um, broadcast on the on Periscope what I recently found out at the LA Podcast Expo is I found out about Periscope now enables you to stream your audio live like a radio state like a radio station like you don't have to just do video anymore you can now do audio and so that's exciting because then people can listen in real time. They don't have to worry about watching you. They can just, you know, tune in, listen up. And uh, now I don't know if you have to download the app in order to hear it or if you could just visit Periscope to, to hear it. You know, I don't know how that works. And one would think, too, that it would archive it. So I don't know if my last one is archived. I did do a live stream uh, from the Otley Crew party the yesterday yesterday one. Um, this episode is going to feature an extraordinary conversation with uh, Arturo and Willie and uh, two sound technicians. They're also, you know, just... They're in their own. They got their own projects going on too, and uh, it was from two nights ago, where we played a private birthday party, private party, a fiftieth birthday party, and uh, 
this is before we were about to go on stage and I I thought I'd podcast these guys. They're talking shop. They're talking all about audio equipment. I'm getting a deep interview with these guys. And then these two little guys, while we were talking, there's a little guy named Aiden who was just kind of sitting there watching what was going on. And I decided to start interviewing him. And this kid is fascinating. He and his little buddy, his little buddy's name escapes me right now. These two guys, and then, and then, and then little, his little buddy's mom, that we were all talking about manifestation of reality, all these wonderful things, man. And so this little guy, Aiden, was just asking some fascinating questions, which you'll be able to hear coming up here. I can't wait to share this with you guys. So without further ado, thank you so much for listening to Inspirato Projecto. And if you want to be a part of this, uh, you can actually call in and leave audio, 561-203-9179-er. You can call that up. You could also email me at inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. Now, just like how Man Behind the Machine, you know, added that little piece right there. Uh, he's on Anchor. So if you have Anchor, we can actually leave messages for each other. You can leave a message for me. I can put it on this podcast. I can leave a message for you. You can put it up on the podcast. It, it's just a wonderful way of, of working with other uh, podcasters out there. So anyway, uh, here we go. Genelex. Genelex? I have two. I have a set of Genelex, and then I have the uh, Yamaha H series. Right. Yeah. They're pretty much everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The standard. I like the Genelex a lot more. Yeah. I, I they great true tone. So a lot of what I do, whatever spits out, is usually generally what it should. Is be. that a soundboard? What is it? The uh, speakers. Speakers. And what, what's the title of them again? Uh, Genelex. Genelex. And you know what he's talking about? Yeah. Have you used these speakers? Yeah, that's... I used to go to school in uh, Burbank, and that's what they had in one of the, the biggest studios that they have. Is really? Genelex. They're, they're like 600 for the pair, or 600 for a single to 1,000. Yeah. So when you were when you were coming across... I'm podcasting you guys, by the way. I just started recording, because I want to I wanna mm-hmm. interview you guys about mm-hmm. all, all okay. of this stuff that you guys know about. Mm-hmm. So with this speaker, the, you learned about this in what class? Where? Um, I took... I was at, at uh, Icon Collective in Burbank, and it's just like a music production school. So we learned like about uh, tune, like um, mixing and mastering, basically, and how to make music from beginning to end, writing and everything. So what was the very first thing that you learned? The first thing that I learned at that school was probably the mixing aspect of it. I really liked because I learned about like the EQ curve of like the frequency spectrum and how to like balance out a tune from like the lows to the highs. So. Do they give you examples for different kind of genres? One for maybe heavy metal, one for jazz, stuff like this? Yeah, definitely. But there's like, one of the best teachers told me that like balancing a song is pretty much the same all across genres. As long as it's like a balanced tune, it can sound good no matter what it is. And then there's like tricks in each genre to like make things sound good. What's the ideal thing to try to do? I know you say balance, but like, you know, let's say maybe you like the sound of more bass in a song. Right. You know, that maybe they're not intending balance or you don't know. How do you know? Left, left and right thing when he says balance. Balance is kind of doing the separation when you're panning and you have different instruments. So you, different can pan it in the, you can pan it in the club? Yeah. You can have guitars over here and then drums over there? We're talking about uh, studio work. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. But oh, you can. studio work, you're saying? You can. Oh, gosh. You can do it in, like, we can pan right here. It's left and right. Problem is when you're in most, as, like, with most rooms, it don't matter. Yeah. Because the room's small, everything bounces off. Unless right. it's a really treated room or a big enough room where it will make a difference. So you could do a sound experiment kind of show where 
there might be whispers coming over there yeah. from that corner, yeah. and it sounded like you lightning can do bolts a, from you way can over do here. In a, two, in a two point one system, you can you can almost direct a sound at any point where you want. But if what? you have more than that, and not many boards really do the quad phonic thing, but they do have a couple, Midas has a board that does the quad phonic, and you can really pinpoint, oh you can put a sound dude. right above your head. Are you like kidding you can me? like almost grab so it. So we could hide in little sounds of seagulls. We could hide in little bits of In this, waves in this crashing, right? particular setting, it wouldn't come across the way you'd want it because mm. there's, a, there's a wall right there. So anything that's coming out of one speaker is deflecting off the other, oh. everything gets so mixed, you won't really tell. I guess the left you couldn't right. really do something like that out here. I guess. I mean, unless you unless Not you just put more speakers hanging out in the well, audience if you did somewhere. Like satellite speakers. Yeah, we did satellite, satellite speakers. speakers, and it was like we didn't have a full band. Like if they, if he was that playing possibility a, exists, if he was so playing electric could do that kit, live. Yes, yes, absolutely. So you could, let's say, for instance, if you have like some crazy Halloween show or something, it's a story time show or something, mm -hmm. you could have like zombies, like if you, you can, hear them behind you and stuff, right? So and you if, can, if you, if you were speaker. to do it crazy enough, you'd do something like that, you'd zone everything out. So every speaker on each side, there'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, Ooh. seven, eight, nine, ten, and then you can have it and you can literally analyze so it goes wow. and it walks with you or anything like that. They have programs. Because I'm just like thinking, I've been thinking a lot more about like plays and getting in, in those intimate experiences, you know, 100 seats or less kind of thing. Yeah. Where you're given, because I, uh, I grew up doing plays and improv and musicals mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I've been thinking a lot more about that kind of live experience yeah. and thinking how cool would that be is if, let's say, you have a play, of, mm -hmm. a horror themed play but then you can use that surround sound kind of or whatever can, that yeah. special thing you said earlier where it sounds like like someone's knocking on the door behind you or you know there's like the sound of a, a crazy werewolf running yeah. behind you or something you would have to have the, the more in depth you get it the more speakers and zones you would need because mm. like like think of a movie theater if you go and you sit in a movie theater you're going to notice that all your speakers there'll be about five or six of them hung this way all across and you hear everything coming through and that's because it's going to each zone as it passes through so do you like playing with the sound absolutely and do you view it as sort of like a like a sound art? Yes, like Absolutely. a painting. I can. imagine like a painting. You can, you're, and you're a spill, painting with this, especially sound. when you get into studio work. That's definitely painting. That mm -hmm. is, you are because it's the same all the time. When you get into live stuff, you're getting more. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know. Who knows you're getting more into uh, you're getting more into having to use the dynamics of the room that you're in or the that, area that you're in. A little bit more in. restricting in the live setting. Yes. Yeah. So did did you you started in studio. like like studio recording? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I started uh, as a music producer, so I would just like sit in my headphones and make music all day <laughs> and that sort of thing. And then I went to school for the studio side of it and learned that. So from you going out and just experimenting, you know, I mean, every every great explorer. It has to start someplace. That starts with the first step. The first starts with the first machete strike of the uh, you know debris in front of him, so to speak, carving your own path. What what um, what was the thing that most interested you and inspired you to start carving the path? Like, what was the specific thing that made you go? You know what? I w I really want to jump into that thing. Yeah, when I was like thirteen or fourteen, my brother had a DJ rig, and he would just like DJ parties and stuff. And he showed me how to work that and like how to DJ with like a little CDJ thing that was from the like the 90s. And then I DJed 
I remember particularly practicing for like three months and then I DJed this New Year's Eve party when I was like 14. And how, was how was that? What was that like? Oh my God, it was the funniest It was all thing. in your hands. The power was in your hands yeah. for the vibe that you're giving out there to exactly. these people. Yeah, people were dancing and just like having a good time and like I was just m- making the party happen. And it was like, So you contribute to memories that these people carry on with the rest of their lives. Exactly, yeah. And then that's you were the I, soundtrack to their memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It was really fun. It was really cool. What a cool thing, man. You've affected all the lives of these people who went on to probably have babies because of that night. Yeah, maybe. You know, and yeah, grandparents. Probably. At 14, you know. <laughs> well, it, it was crazy because it was like an older people. Okay. I was like 14. But like maybe was, chaperones were there and stuff. And Yeah, like my brother had to be there. I couldn't like move away from the oh, DJ gotcha. system because people were drinking and stuff. Right. So and he was so, watching like a Hawkeye. He was kind of like yeah. your like naked shirt. Exactly, and he was like just uh, kind of coaching me and how to like, you know, get the get the night going. And what a cool collaboration there! And it was your brother. Yeah, my brother. So he's giving you these little bits of information, but he's like, "You're piloting the ship. I'm just yeah. kind of giving you some advice here." Yeah, exactly. I was just like mixing the tunes and trying to make everything like on point and perfect. But so yeah. from that, it made you want to go. Okay, I need to know more about this. Yeah, and I started like producing on my own. I got a computer. Oh, well, my mom got me a computer. And what was the first kind of program you used? Uh, Ableton. It's a uh, pretty much a standard for music production I think now like uh, Pro Tools is like recording standard and then for actually making music it's like Ableton um, did, did they uh, when you got to college did you find them teaching you about Ableton or any of the uh, programs you had previously me- previously messed around with yeah yeah they taught us uh, Ableton and Logic um, which is like Logic's like the Apple one mm. um, and I already knew Ableton like super well so I just flew through that class I could have tested out of it but I didn't but, um, Why do you think you, 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 you sped through it so fast? What were some of those elements that enabled you to kind of tiptoe your way, just go sprint your way through? Yeah, I learned Ableton just like through, um, through literally doing like the built-in um, like walkthroughs and everything. So I knew like all the backend stuff, how to like route things inside of Ableton and everything that I need to know to work it. And I've already been making songs in it for like years. So that's how I knew everything about Ableton. But it's a little different each So you went exploring, then you went to college, they taught you more. Yeah. And then you're going, oh, these are the reasons behind this. Did you go back into, the, into your older stuff and mess around with the equalizers or anything like that? Um, I did some as like practice, but really I just was really excited to make new stuff. So I just made a lot of new tunes. And- so, so Will, did you did you start doing like like studio recording type stuff, or how'd you get your start? I started about thirteen, fourteen, and I kind of just started being in bands and throwing shows. So for me, it was just like you know, I had a, I my uncle gave me a small PA, and then uh, you know no, no one had a PA, so I went in and I actually started more in the live world and doing live stuff. So you started that way. And I started you... the opposite. Okay, so then I went, okay. and then in the same time, you know, we were, I was in bands. Right. So it was like, oh, we need to record. Let's get this really ghetto computer mixed down. And, and like yeah. as far, like as garage as you could get. Right. But from there, you know, you nerd out and you just start learning more about each step and, and different creations, different you programs. You could really go haywire, right? You could really start exploring going, okay, I'm going in this direction. Let's just keep going. Let's see what the heck is going this way. Yeah, yeah. And so by that time I got in the school, I was pretty well versed. So I ended up teaching classes. Holy cow. Okay, so what was the first... You were saying you put on shows. Um, that'd be... This is an interesting story ska to know bands, what got you onto it and then bands. how you became a teacher. Uh, punk bands, ska bands, were those some of the band kinds that you were in? Yes, and uh, playing with and doing sound for. 
So, like, you know, we'd have a show. We'd have it at the church down the street, you know. The church would close it down, and I'd set up a PA and go to town. So they relied on you to be the guy who's going to dial in the sound, make sure everything sounded good. Yeah. And you were simultaneously in the band. What, what did you play? Uh, me, I was a singer. In the, well, I was a singer in a couple bands. I played guitar in a couple bands. I played bass in a couple bands. I played guitar in a couple bands. <laughs> I mean, drums in a couple bands. So what? two things. This is kind of choose-your-own-adventure question. What are some of the bands you're in? This, this is the other one. How did you simultaneously be the singer and also the sound uh, engineer? Uh, all right, so one that I did that was called Circle K, and that was a long, that was like one of my first bands. And you just do it. I don't did know. Did you ever go on tour with the 7 Elevens? No. <laughs> the band that I, I eventually, uh, my, my biggest long term like band that I was in was called New Liberty. And in that one, uh, in the beginning, it was me like doing a lot of the sound and then coming out here getting a new guitar player The other guitar player also knew a lot about sound so we oh. I was able to like kind of okay oh. I didn't have to be straight up. It. It's just me all the time a collaborative now, a, sound uh, Engineering so and yeah, so that, and it would be for some shows, you know, you have to do that because we threw them but uh, a lot of the time, you know, we, we figured out by that point, getting older, how to get paid properly and then being able to hire people to do it for us. So, okay, so did you end up going to school for any of that stuff to kind of, you know, because first, when you're first going, you really not, don't know what you're doing, but if you know what you feel is sounding good to at that moment. You kind of do what you do. And then you end up, you know, let's say possibly you learn something through books, YouTube videos or, or college and you go, oh, Okay, I accidentally did this thing that's a theory that's already out there, or you know, mm-hmm. is something that already works well. But I just kind of went by my heart. Were there some of those kinds of things you there, came across? There was a lot. Uh, I I graduated from Rutgers University for music, mm-hmm. so uh, in that realm and in that meeting people and talking to people would probably be my biggest attribute to my learning. But a lot of my learning came from doing. I, I toured with a cover band live and I would set up the PA I go into every room I would RTA the room do this do that and in throwing doing that and doing all these one-off gigs with weird instruments I kind of learned how instruments relate to microphones in that world so when I translated it over to studio it, see, it's a little different because in live especially EQing and everything that it's very subtractive you're, you're subtracting in live yeah. but in the studio you are doing whatever you kind of want to get your sound so you don't necessarily need and you to get all the time in the world and you got all the time well and sometimes you can add little, well, I mean, in terms here. of like you know what I mean like you're, you have the luxury of being able to go Yes. Look at what was created, and you, then you get to sculpt it. You get, to, you get to hear it back instead yeah. of you're, not, you're yeah. doing it live on the fly. Right. And you're, you're not dealing, with, you're, you're not with, dealing with monitors, and you're not dealing with sound coming out to create all these feedback loops. So I'm not necessarily EQing a mic now for uh, a feedback thing. I'm EQing a mic to make it sound the best Checked that the mic can sound. <laughs> so, okay, so then... What's interesting is, do you guys ever talk, like earlier I came across you guys sort of talking shop about specific, uh, you know, equipment, mm-hmm. which, is, which is always exciting to me. Because like yeah. whether you come across people who are comic book fiends or girls who love shoes or, you know, whatever it is, people who landscape, they're going to talk shop. It's something yeah, that's yeah. exciting to them. They know the gear, they know the intricacies, they know all that stuff. Yeah. So you guys were mentoring, men, menti, uh, mentioning some kind of speaker earlier, if I'm not Gen-X. mistaken. You were, so you were taught about this in school, right? Yeah. Um, Genelics are like reference monitors, right? Or that's mm-hmm. what they're kind of called. Yeah. Is um, uh, so they're like studio monitors, so they can like they can uh, display like the sound perfectly from top to bottom, the highest like mm. frequencies to the lowest frequencies, like as perfectly as they could make it at the time. 
and like I think that's different in the live setting where it's like they're built a little bit more to like be you know um, like enhance live microphones so that they don't feed back and that sort of thing and to be loud but yeah they're going for like DB level instead of clarity yeah. interesting to hear you guys talk in this in this talk like um so it's interesting. So to someone out there who might not know what a dB level preference would be, like to you, to you, you said I'd prefer, you know, dB level rather than clarity. What, what is, okay, so, and then what, what is it that's preferable to you about that? First of all, what is that? And then what, why is it preferable? Deci- decibel was a bell, something bell was the guy that came up with it. And there's an equation for it, for how many feet, it's like for zero decibel level is so many feet. There's an equation on uh, uh, not in the brain set but it's it's that. when you see like it goes from like zero to six and then a negative from that so or something negative, right that's what i keep the, trying to figure the closer out. you go you start at really low negative all you yeah. start with it would be an infinity which is nothing and then right. you go up in decibel level when you're going up you're literally going up to zero Ah, zero right. being okay. zero being the amount of sound coming at a distance at a certain distance and you can measure that what is the ideal peaking level that you're like okay okay we can handle that but it's not going to be too loud you always want to your your goal in life as a sound engineer is get as close to zero as you possibly can you always want to be a zero okay okay. zero as you are here so you're not trying to get as close to negative one as negative six rather no that'd be low but i mean it's too loud now here's the thing now in talking them in talking of if, if you're a if you're a mixing engineer and i'm going between getting my mix finished and sending it to mastering i want a difference be a reference difference of six decibel levels to zero because when they take in the mastering they're taking your whole entire thing and giving it life more life than what it is or more like a putting a frame around the picture so is it so better to, speak. to have an output of a lower decibel thing because then later on you between can six it? and three negative or, six and negative three now what would be the difference then if you record it at a higher level, you cannot you, take away what they what they it's called headroom. So there's a, there's a, a amount of space between zero and the amount that you send. Uh huh. That's this open gap. Right. And what a mastering engineer takes that and brings that negative six to a level that that makes everything bright and full and really ah. crisp. You know, it just kind of brings the whole thing up. So if you leave it at zero, it's a it, had, it's just right there, and then you they don't you have, have any so room. They don't have any room to play with it. So if they want to boost, like say say six k, they want to your your whole mix is great, but overall six k needs to come up to give this whole entire thing some clarity here. But if you have no headroom, you have no real area to bring that six k. Okay, up. so there's still little nuggets of information hiding in the in the quieter levels is what you're saying, yes, and it's easy to pull them out without uh, fear of 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 um, uh, what should I say? Lower quality. It'll still retain the same quality. Yes, that's what mastering does. It keeps gotcha. that quality there. With okay, you're so teaching you're me so much because when I'm because this this is in addition to being a podcast, it's also a radio show, cool. and I'd love for you guys to be in the studio at any point. It's on the first Monday and for, uh, first and third Monday of every month. In Chinatown, called 1630 AM, Keicheng, Keicheng in Chinatown. So it's the first and third Monday. It's between 1 o'clock and 2 p.m. 
and I have the most interesting people in there. Actors, sound engineers, you guys are going to be first sound engineers, and to hear you guys talk shop, and to those who understand your language, it's going to be such a tr treat, delightful treat for them to hear this. Um, and I want to introduce the, you know, at-home viewers to all of the stories that we're not even going to talk about right now. Um, but what the main, main thing is, when I'm in there in the studio, I feel like I'm constantly trying to get it up to, almost so it's peeking into the red. Is that a bad news? Is that um, you know, because sometimes a person over there will talk too loud. I'm like, oh, I, I bring it down more well, so, towards zero, so, but then so if I'm too quiet, you can go, use like in this instance using using a phone for it. You can do like an overall compression on the thing to kind of help level that out. What does compression do? I've it, heard that term. I've even used it, but not really even knew what the hell I was doing. So you got all these frequencies that could go from here to here. Yeah. It takes it and it limits it to a point where it brings the softer stuff up and it brings the higher stuff down whoa, and it kind of gives whoa, you whoa. here. Okay, so that with that visual, you're kind of squashing it all in. You're kind you of going, can. you're and gathering them all in, right? Like, hey, ratios, cows, we're all going to this. And there's different ratios in which you can set it to either be more limiting right. or a little bit more lenient because you're not taking the full signal and it's like it's like two to one or four to one so for every db Whoa. for uh, again i'm not gonna uh, well no okay so for instance i've, I've used garage band before and it, it allows you the compression thing yes now i'm listening to it i'm like oh interesting it seems like it's trying to blend all the things and make it as equally kind of in the same realm so you can hear them all yes. you know rather than something just quiet way back there or whatever but bringing those and i think that that imagery you had of like kind of squashing your hands together gathering it together yeah. so to speak um what's interesting is when i went to export it it had this weird like it kind of go like it wasn't it wasn't staying in that thing it was doing something kind of strange like maybe because um in electronic music, at least, that's called pumping. Um, at least that's how I picture ah, it. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. and that usually happens when, like, the kick or sub is way too loud. Oh, and dude. You have, and you have, like, a compressor on the whole mix. Dude, yeah, it'll, okay. Yeah, and it'll bring... That's what was happening. Yeah, it'll bring everything, the whole mix down, because it's trying to bring just the kick down too much. I and am so, so excited that you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, it happens a lot in, like, Interesting. electronic music, for sure, because people are just trying to blast the sub and kick all the time. Yeah. So it's oh, like... Yeah. So then are they sort of canceling? each other out becoming sort of like a nothing sound yeah so imagine like a threshold where the compressor starts to make things quieter and whenever a sound whoa. gets over that whoa it'll, it'll make it quieter whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Then, so it's 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 like constantly just pushing it back huh? yeah 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 and then for your stuff that's right, lower the it's it'll good news. You got good news and bad news yeah bad news is that it's gonna take 15 minutes to get a car here and we got to go on at eight which means we've got to be here at 7 30 which it's already 6 15 Good news is we've got a dinner buyout, so we'll make more money each. Better news is they're going to have food here in just a little bit. We could, we're welcome to have a taco, a taco bar, and all that stuff. Oh, so good. I love this sound. We'll get a dinner buyout. I love it. So I love it. So enjoy the time We need to get a gold bullion. By the, this the is, bottom line is, like, by the time we get there, and then try to get a car back. Yeah. It's only, it's only a few blocks really, away. They found us. It's only <laughs> Tommy that has bad news, because they're not going to have any vegetarian Oh, no. It's only Tommy who has the bad news. <laughs> so that's so interesting that like you were saying okay so all i gotta do is not use as much compression i guess yeah not as much compression or maybe if you have control over different elements would it be better to bring down treble or bring up bass or bring down bass what do you think it's it would you would have to figure out what it is that's caught that is way louder than everything else and bring that down okay so it could be okay. like you already even yeah everything okay. should be you know 
and that's what the compressor does takes the extreme it still does it but again yeah if, if something's too high it'll force everything else to be weird interesting so when you guys started learning this information i ask you first will were you able to sort of because you you're giving me a good visual aid there do you feel that you think of this stuff as visually hey, yes sorry to yeah. interrupt your um broadcast <laughs> podcast whatever uh, we can also order a pizza. I was just thinking. Do you, were you? I was. I was. Oh, I was. That, did that hurt? She's <laughs> <laughs> scraping her off the leaves up there. All right. Did you already read that book, by the way? No, not yet, no. but I will. <laughs> Fan down by the river. Oh, there's some lights on in there. Uh, so you started thinking visually, Will? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, no. Uh, like when you hear sound, for instance, in a live environment, are you imagining the, what it looks like sort of as a... Yes. Visual representation? Yes. I'm not, well, what, what I do, especially like listening to music, is I, I isolate things in my head. Whoa. Now, so Artur, what the, so yeah. what, what the heck is your, what do you, do you visualize it as well? I definitely visualize a lot, for sure. Interesting. Because I worked, I've always like worked uh, on my computer and like making music. There's a lot of visual aspect to ah, it. Ah, the waves. So, yeah, right? the waveforms and like the frequency spectrum, like so. I'm always picturing that as well as like listening to it and like matching the two things in my head. Plus what I always loved is like when the Windows Media Player would do sort of like that screensaver thing and it would come up with its own designs and you could tell like, well, this is how this is interpreting it with triangles or with strange, you know, zip zap zaps or lightning bolts or something. It's taking everything and it's pre, it's pre looking at it. It knows what it wants to do from the beginning and those programs are awesome. Those are awesome. Now, um, so those speakers that you mentioned earlier, what are some, so those are live or are those recording uh, speakers that you those like? Those are best? reference studio monitors. Studio monitors. Yeah. Now, Will, this is good because you did the studio work um, and you have your own studio. How how recent was that studio that you created? Do you have a name for it? Archive. You call it archive? <laughs> archive is one of my favorite words of all time. I'm constantly using the word archive. It's called Archive Studios? A-R-K-I-V-E. Oh, my God. Yes. And uh, yeah, an uh, arc like Noah's Ark, which is also great. Yeah, yeah. So that the studio uh, crew originally created by John Svaven, my business partner, uh, was how long ago? Ten years ago now, and I came in about two and a half years ago, and started just he the, he had a bolt of the whole thing like design and like the whole all the walls made and i came in and kind of helped do all the treatment and like really make the room pop and all that so you knew through your this is your opportunity to really utilize the knowledge that you've acquired and go wow here's my playground to be able to and this is the most appropriate place to be able to really be able to let loose in here huh? absolutely absolutely and what's your expertise in, in in that studio for now right now what would you say are some of the things? Is it painting? Is it what is it? Soundproofing? What is what is it? Uh, for the studio, no. I mean, just my drum sounds are itching. I Your drum make, sound. I can make some really awesome drum sounds. The room's really nice. I have a '76 Ludwig kit, and uh, even in my live mixing, I, I would feel that drums are always like at the forefront of a lot of what I do. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm really. I, I have a good way of, we'll say, painting the mixing picture. Yeah. You know, I would imagine it's like an art studio of sorts. I mean, it's just, a, you know, it's a sound studio, but it's an art studio because you're you're throwing this invisible paint. You know, you're painting with this sound. Exactly. And like Arturo was saying, it's like, you, you know, finding what things work and how how things are going to sound. One instrument is going to have a frequency range. This next instrument is going to have this frequency range. How do I make it so I can clearly hear one and the other that are playing practically the same thing at the same time? Can I still differentiate the 
to. You know, and with a balance, with a, with a left and a right. Now, okay, how do? Okay, let me let me try to think here. I'm trying to. I want to speak to you as uh, visually as possible because you guys speak visually. Like, um, how did you first start figuring out in your brain where the point of treble should end, and where the point of bass should end, and where tambourines or what are those things? Because you know, I'm sure everyone kind of has their own their own. Yes. You play, yeah. If you see, if you find yourself and or people around you doing this. Jamming their fingers in their ears. It's probably yeah. pretty high. <laughs> okay, very good. And you, it'll, it, I don't know, the, I have, I, like, certain frequencies do certain things to you. And one thing yeah. that you do when learning it, sound, and especially in the live world, is frequencies. Because mm. when you're doing, uh, when you're not even doing front of house mixing, but you're doing monitor mixing, which I've done for many years, you have to be able to recognize a frequency like this that's feeding back because you'll have a very angry musician looking at you going, Ooh, what the hell? And the whole crowd yeah, will do it too. Yeah. So you kind of really learn where, like I started, when I first started, it's like, what's 1K? 1K is here. So then I did relative, but now I can hear, a, frequ I can hear a frequency and know, I know that's 1.6. I know that's 3.1. Now Arturo, do you feel the same way that you're, you've, you've been able to hone in in that fashion? Um, maybe not as well because I've only been doing like live mixing for like really like six months. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So, but I definitely have been learning like I'm kind of, what I've been doing is uh, like whistling, um, whistling a frequency, looking at it where it is in the, in the, in the spectrum. And then figuring out if that if the whistle that I heard coming from the monitor or from the front of house is like in the same range, and then I can st kind of start to picture it like that. So I that, okay, I do that too. Here's a great way. There. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Up, oh, that's two K. Yeah. Oh my god! So wait, where's the two? Show me where the two K is. Right there. But how how high do you want it to go on the two K? There's one. Uh, so no, it doesn't really matter. Like this is just a reference to zero. Oh, wait, so you're saying you want to get it as close to this zero as possible, so right? So actually, see that's one pe peeking up. That's necessary. It's more of just like figuring out where that whistle is. Where the whistle is. Okay. On the, on oh, the gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. It doesn't really matter what the dB level is. It's just a matter of is two K. Okay. Yeah. So now this is good. Now that we're looking at this, this is good because this is, this is the kind of visual I needed. So I was mistaken in my brain about it going. Oops, sorry. About it, I, I was imagining that zero was here, then it went up to negative six. But it actually goes all the way up. To, zero this, is past this negative one six. This just goes up because it's an SPL. Does it go to, then to one, two, three, four, five, six? Is that what that does? Uh, it would if we were going up. If we we really okay, we really shot this up. It, so, it for would. instance, I'm trying to see if what I see in the radio station is equal to what I see on here now. Really are you trying? You. You're trying to get as to zero as possible, or to the na or to that like negative six thing that we just saw as possible. So on yeah, this yeah. is a, do we want to get a, to zero as possible? This, if we're working on a this summer? is a little bit different than what you would be looking at on the internal. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What does that is more mean? Of the, which is more of an AFL than an SPL. Oh jeez, what's um, AFL? Please help me understand that. Geez. Audio frequency level. Audio peak. Oh Jesus Christ! AFL. I just and SPL. I just, I just got. I just failed my class. <laughs> Arturo, do you know what these terms mean? I do not. No. AFL, SPL. What are your thoughts? What are your uh, What are your guesses? If I had guesses, I would say AFL is different than SPL. <laughs> I love it. That's After the most perfect. Fade, listen. Okay, so what's that first? What does what that so mean? So after fader. So it's it's what you're hearing, what the EQ levels are uh -huh. after fader. So it's post. So then there's PFL, which is pre-fader level. Pre-fader level is what you do in your gain structure. So for instance, if we're looking at microphones, and you know how like the thing that we're talking about getting a separate mixer? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. you have to work with gain structure, and gain structure gives you your pre-fader level. So, for instance, with the kick, you know, okay. he can't hear his okay. kick, but because on the outside of AFL for Chris, he doesn't need much PFL. Interesting. But, okay. But then but, he needed to do it because Rob couldn't hear his kick anymore. So right. when he brings the PFL up now, which might be a little bit too much for Chris, Chris has to bring his fader down. because But he can't hear it because it's not correct for his ears. Oh, man. So what's it like working with so many instruments up on a stage? And then in-ears and microphone. I mean, what the heck is that like? Say, say that again? So let's say, okay. So for instance, when you got like six instruments up there, you got six microphones, you got in-ears, all this crazy stuff. What the heck? I mean, what do you start with? Me? Drums. Drums, drums usually. Yeah, it's usually quick. I'm at a point now, I've been doing this for 20 years. I just... I just kind of go, who's ready? <laughs> and just get the job. Like, especially live, it's more about to get the job done. Right. Let's do these checks, more line checks, and then I kind of have an idea. Plus, I know microphones really well. So I know a 57 on an M32 needs about this much of a level. And I know that I need to cut this. It's interesting. Okay, we won't let anyone come. Don't open the gate and just... No, don't no. worry about policing it. Just... I'll block it. I'll tell him to block it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's like that, He'll be our security guard. He starts, like, pointing out authority. What's your, like, what, right what's your name? What's your name? Aiden. I'm Stony Shores. Nice to meet you, Aiden. Will I you be our security that... guard for tonight? Sure. I learned that you like old fashions. <laughs> I, do. I do. How'd you know that was an old fashioned? Um, I heard you say it. I, you... <laughs> I love it. What's your name? Um, Aiden. 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 A-I-D-E-N? A-I-D-A-N. A-I-D-A-N. And what's your name, miss? My name's Candace. Candace. You're eating a Snickers bar. I ate a lot of candy earlier today, too. Candace. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you his uh, sister? N- no, I am his mother. <laughs> that was nice. And, what, and what's your name? They're best friends. I love it. I asked the guy who's chomping on all the candy. No, that's perfect. Uh, you're on my podcast, by the way. So he found out that I like old fashions. Do you know what's in an old fashioned? Um, bitters. Um, what? You need um, syrup, rye whiskey. Well, not your traditional kind of syrup. You need um, sugar and water. How the heck do you know this? Because you asked the bartender. Yeah. <laughs> you asked the bartender. You're like, what's in the old fashioned? I, regu- I regularly know how to make a John Daly, but I don't. Know. Oh my God. Not a John me. Daly. John Daly, wasn't he a politician in Chicago? Um, I think so. Yeah, John Daly, what is in that? But you also make um, him with vodka, um, iced tea, and lemonade. You make him. You make him. <laughs> yes. I have a John Daly. Yes, I want, I want him. Yes, yeah, thank you so much. So what, how does he made up again? Um, so you need vodka, le- um, lemonade, and John Daly. But if you want to go, you know, cheaper route, you can just buy an Arizona. Oh, my gosh. How do you, do you want to be a bartender someday? Maybe. Holy moly, he's he's born to be, you know what, I think he was a bartender in pa- many past lives. I imagine like a 1920s vaudeville era. Do you like the vaudeville era? I like um, 1940s music. There he is. Wow, do you listen to like swing music and stuff? Uh, my favorite band is Glenn Miller. That is great. He died in 1904, uh, well, no, he was born 1904, died in 1940. Wow. Exactly 40 years old. So, okay, so there's this thing called the 19, have you ever heard of the 1920s radio network? If you yeah. Google it, 1920s Radio Network, it's like great. During the Golden Age of Radio around there? It is, it is, it is. And they play all this old music. And then on certain nights, they'll play like Thomas Edison original recordings where it's like, Edison recordings, take 400. You know, and then all of a sudden they play something. And they want to play for archival purposes. And man, you're listening to it and you're going, holy cow, this is like some of the beginning recordings of this stuff that we've ever heard. And it's just mind-blowing because it's a, it's a time machine, basically. 
Is that some of your favorite stuff to uh, kind of like dive into? Do you like movies of that era too? Um, not uh, I do. It's just you know, there's always the drawbacks that it's in black and white and it's all scratchy. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear their voices. Doesn't it add sort of a sense of charm, though? Yeah, it does. It's because, it lets your mind fill in the blanks. Yeah, and at the same time, it ma- it just throws you back because it's like, hey, that this used to be a thing, but now it's forgotten by the most of the world. Like how, how the kids, um, how you know, like the people that are five or six now don't know, barely know what Bill, um, Bill Murray's Ghostbusters. Oh my gosh! Wait, how old are you? Um, twelve. <laughs> Twelve-year-old. No, what the heck? Are you two friends? Yeah. Do you got? Do you guys like? Do you guys listen to jazz together and stuff? Nope. That's no, all. Him. That's all that comes up. Do you ever on. try to listen to any of it, just for kicks? For him, yeah, yeah. Foods here. I love that. I love the sound <laughs> of that. So, uh, what, how long have you two been friends? Mm, pretty much our whole life, like about maybe. I knew. We knew eight each years. Other. Yeah, we knew each other in kindergarten, but um, we became actual friends in first grade. And they're now 12 turning 13. This is incredible. Do you guys play Dungeons and Dragons together? No. (laughs) You ever tried? I've heard about it, but I've never actually played it. It's fun. It's a very fun game with your imagination. If you have a wild imagination, which I think you guys do, it's a wonderful game, and it's better than a video game because it's your imagination. And what's so great is when you've got four or five friends who are playing Dungeons and Dragons, I mean, you make these characters. It's like a role-playing game, you know? And you make these characters, dude, and it happens to your imagination. i got to tell you, it's the most magical thing. Because when you've got someone there, and I think you would be the dungeon master, you know, someone who, who plots out the missions, someone who figures out what's going to happen, what kind of monsters are hiding over here, you know, what kind of secret doors. And when you make these characters, and you guys all go through it, when there's like four or five of you or even three of you or something, it's crazy because you imagine like, uh-oh, you just open up a door and there's a dragon. Okay. And you're and you're you're with your friends like just imagining the idea that there's a dragon there. You know what Even I mean? Even though you're in your mom's basement and you're Absolutely. Just like, yeah. It's kind of like this show. It's called a uh, Stranger Things and it's Stranger. Like, do you like that show? Do you like that show? I love that show. I watch do you feel it. you associate with a lot of that stuff on Stranger Things? It's yeah. It's such just, a phenomenal yeah. show, isn't it? Do you see a lot of reflections of yourself in those characters? And maybe a few, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good until the second season. The mm-hmm. second season is where it was kind of good, and then the third season, no. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was just filled with references. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. However, they were kick-ass references, weren't they? <laughs> Dragon Slayer. When you see Dragon Slayer referenced in a freaking video game, I love that, man. Dragon Slayer. And they show these old cartoons, and they're watching. Oh, my gosh. It was so crazy. The mall kind of was weird because I was like, oh. The mall was weird? Yeah, the, it just, uh, it's kind of still, it's just kind of weird always seeing things from different decades and seeing how we yeah. progressed till now. Yeah, yeah, and it is, it is. sometimes I imagine um, people in like the 40s looking at people that are dressed now and just yeah. like, what are you wearing? Oh, You're yeah. wearing a t-shirt and pants? Yeah, right, they, right, right. <laughs> I know what you mean because they used to always go out in suits, right? Well, Every day. Uh, well, kids used to, kids used to wear um, kids used to wear shorts with um, with with like a with like, like a, a vest tiny, and a tie like, or something. Like, yeah, a tiny <laughs> overcoat. Right, right. And some other people just had um, other boys, you know, like people on their paper route. You still had those shorts, but they were more with like rolled up sleeves and all this stuff, and with that cap that you usually find on Irish people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, newspapers, uh, newspapers. Right, the, like the newspapers had. And you yeah. got the little orphan kids out there selling the newspapers. <laughs> I don't know what it exactly looks like because I haven't looked at it up in quite a long time. It's crazy. You know any of this stuff. Oh, he knows so much. So what, do you, it, so you guys are, two, both of you are friends, and Best so friend. it just, so you haven't decided to go down that rabbit hole and investigate any of this crazy stuff? Um, kind of, but no, not all the way. 
if you do, I promise you, there's a whole realm. He's your time time travel, you know, tourist tourist guide, I think. And then, <laughs> and then if you go down the rabbit hole of all of his interests, you know, that's what's so fun is like each of our friends and everyone that we know is a whole world unto themselves. And there's a whole bunch of crazy imagination that's going on in his head all the time. Who knows how many cool stories maybe he's writing or drawing pictures of, and you know that just wants to have a life of its own. Same thing with you, you know. And when you guys find that that going you know that moment where you go I'm going to dive into what he knows about he's going to dive into what I know about and we're going to collaborate on this yeah okay so one time I remember a day we were playing this game together uh, like DC it's kind of like Mortal Kombat a video game yeah and I was uh, like Batman or something I kind of forgot and he was Lex Luthor I love it (laughs) and so because like Lex Luthor I mean he built a whole like uh, suit and everything that fights and all that so we're talking about, oh, I could, like, make all, like, you can make the brains of it, and I could kind of do, like, the little, like, gadgets or something. Oh, I love oh, it. <laughs> it was Mumbo Jumbo and Graham. Yes, yeah. All so the, it yeah, was like so. it was like you were Frankensteining together yeah. this this character. Yeah, I just remember when we were, like, I love it. like eight or something. Man, that's fantastic. And imagine, you guys, I already get this vision in my brain. Do you ever that's watch cool. Adult Swim stuff? Do you ever watch, um, like, those bit. crazy, like, Are just you, absurd I, I, the little, cartoons? Yeah, the little, little tiny cartoon skits. Kind of yeah. Like and they're strange and they're so outlandish I mean they're so imaginative and so crazy I imagine you guys making those kinds of shows in the future <laughs> or writing for like Mad Magazine or you know something where it's like high concept and completely crazy and imaginative yet with a metaphor or even a good message attached to it with you especially all of your vaudeville type you know interests and in, in swing music I mean that's I, amazing I do like I do like reading a lot that's one thing I really really like I've, I've kind of half read The Grapes of Wrath Oh wow! Um, I'm I've already read Call of Cthulhu by H.P. Lovecraft. Oh my gosh! And I'm I our teacher, Doctor Reader, our English teacher. She just started making. Um, she's just started telling us to start writing our own story. Incredible! And I already came up with a plot because I I've love been, it. I've been thinking about it for a year now. Oh my god! It's about this guy. It, he's he's waking up um, on this um, fountain, completely alone in this village that he once grew up in. And it's all about the theme of being forgotten. Whoa. So he's wandering around basically, and nobody remembers him? Um, there's nobody there. Oh, boy. Um, basically, he's just having a giant existential crisis because there's no food, there's no water. And he's having the fear of being forgotten. That's incredible. Did you start writing this yet? Well, yeah, we have. I've just been m- imagining it for a whole entire also year. Draws. This is so, wow. yeah, oh, so you draw yeah, and do you, do you draw girl. as well? He does too. Do I kind of yeah. yeah you guys bit. really gotta gotta bring together because yeah. you know what's so interesting. My friend, you guys remind me of my friends growing up, and we would draw together all the time. We would have nights where we would just share our stories with each other. You know, there'd be four or five of us. You know, and I think the key to it is making a tribe of people that you. Tr- I mean, it looks like you guys really trust each other. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. played the game of trust? Where you fall back and someone's catch, someone catches you? Have you ever played that game? Without playing it? What's crazy is when you do that with people that you care about, you know that if he falls back, all of you is going to catch him. And if you fall back, everyone's going to catch you. And this, so on and so forth with these people. Now, that is a symbolic representation. That's a metaphor for the exact kind of people that you want to have in your life. The people that who have your back. You know, you've heard that term. Oh, I got your back. Well, if you got my back, you'll just catch me if I start falling. So... When you got people's backs, you got their backs if they fall. So now, what's so cool is the other extra thing that goes along with that is because you know that anybody's going to catch your back, it enables you to experiment even further and make, you know, do, do crazier stuff because you know that they got your back. You know that they're not going to drop the ball. So what's so fun about that 
is that it builds this trust between you guys and it, and it, it builds this momentum and this force that keeps going. So you start appreciate, you know, you appreciate however he draws and however he writes stories, you appreciate however he writes, however he draws stories and you go, all right, cool. You know, wouldn't that be cool if we made a, a, a cartoon with each of our art styles combined together with each of our imaginations? Yeah, it's kind of like a Captain Underpants in a way, the two kids, how they would, like one was a drawer and then one would actually write Incredible. Uh, books and everything, yeah. I never even knew that. It, that. That's so cool. I never knew the story of Captain Underpants. I used to work at a bookstore. We'd sell like tons of them, uh -huh. but I never read it myself. This is a really cool. So it's like you guys are somehow a symbolic representation of, of Captain Underpants, totally. if you think about <laughs> totally. it. You know, and you trade. I just Holy had. Cow. I just had the most weirdest memory of all of them. In third or sec, um, second or third grade, I always got caught reading books like just always just got caught because I was reading books I wasn't like paying like during attention class to, and stuff yeah I wasn't paying attention to the teacher at all and she just just took the teacher, um, the book out of my hands yeah oh <laughs> my gosh my <laughs> oh my gosh she always getting in trouble yeah you remind me like, of a it's not like I'm getting in trouble it's like he's reading like the teacher's like I want you to read but you just gotta stop and I'm gonna <laughs> teach math and he's still wait what you know what? Those are the geniuses. <laughs> so Those true. are the geniuses so in life. The people who are carving their own path, you know, and trusting their own heart. You know, I think what you're, you might be realizing on a subconscious level is you guys both are, is that the mumbo jumbo they're teaching you in class is nothing that you actually need to learn. Okay. This kind of conversation we're having is the stuff you need to learn. And you guys, you guys have such a powerful force here that supersedes any sort of limited minded belief system that the people at school are trying to teach you right now. I'm sorry to tell you this, but yeah. don't let, you know, yeah, just play the game Whoa, like, oh, I'm your little puppet. Said, just make but it. You're <laughs> make it to make it. Well, the school system was kind of weird because it, it worked at a time, but it would work during, you know, when everything was programmed for factories because um, the school system hasn't changed in over 100 years. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that was around the time of the Industrial Revolution when um, wow. when all that, um, when everything was programmed to work in factories because when factories were, you know, booming, but now we don't have any time we don't have any more time for factories and the people that are the creative and smart ones are making you know automated systems because at this point we just need a person to make sure all these things don't just go down and blow up yeah yeah that's a good point now like we already made automated um we already automated making cars so that we just need somebody to make sure they don't they don't, you know, necessarily are just from hell and just going to blow up if somebody right. um, drive it. We just need somebody to make sure that they don't, that they work. We just need somebody to know that they work. That's yeah. They're working on it. And it reminds me of like the the the, uh, the grocery store robot things where you self check out. You know, what if those just suddenly started charging your credit card and just buying strange, extravagant things across the universe with your credit card? Or whatnot? Again, we need to know that these things still yeah, work. Exactly. And then also, kind of like yeah. the things that they're teaching in school. I mean, yeah, I get it. okay. Maybe you might need to use it, but when they say, "Oh, you're for sure gonna need this if you want to work for NASA," well, guess what? I don't want to work for NASA, so why right. am I need? Oh my that? God, you made such a good point. So, That's perfect. Why, but also, why aren't they teaching us? like how to like kind of change the change the yeah. world in a way i love I mean, it like, how old are you how old are you about 12 oh my god 12. this is incredible. i love the, the mindset right i love that these guys are are thinking about these things at their yeah. ages you guys this is the perfect age that you need to be thinking about this stuff because really truly you're the future of this world and really it all starts with you guys it starts oh. with this kind of conversation it's kind of hard to pick up things up because there's so many other people that don't want to work and um like um oh our parents of the day <clears throat> There's so many other parents that don't that c 
coddle them, don't prepare them truly for the world because they don't want their special little snowflake to get hurt in this world. Mm-hmm. So many bad people. <laughs> no, let's just let's just take away all their all their responsibilities. Don't don't just don't don't talk to your friends at all. That is such a great point, you know, because when once people start realizing that they they take responsibility for their actions now there there's a better intention behind each and every one of their decisions well, but this is the reason why we have karens and well not the not the name but the the stereotype you know the, the soccer mom karen <laughs> the soccer mom karens right 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 but you know it's, it, those do exist but they're not everybody right right that's very true that's very true and i'm glad that you guys are aware of this type of stuff but listen, you guys, uh, my, my, my time is running out here and I got to go eat, but it was a pleasure to meet you guys. Do you guys have like, uh, ways of, do you guys play video games? Do you have like, have your own Twitch or anything like that um, where people could find you or watch whatever kind of crazy have... hijinks you're up to? Maybe you got a YouTube channel. I don't know. Um, he used to. It's nothing. Uh, he, I think uh, it's time you guys start creating content. I got to tell you, you guys are, are just way agree. too, way too dynamic. Do you have I, anything out there? Songs, uh... Anything? No, I actually don't got too much. I mean, I have Instagram. Well, I do. I do have Instagram too. It's just I usually make um, guys out of twist ties. Yeah, he is. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Well, what's your name again? Um, Aiden. I'm Kurt. Nice to meet you. Nathaniel. I love it. You nice guys, thank you so much for the conversation. Yes. This will be on. It's called Inspirado Projecto. Inspirado Projecto. Look that up on Instagram. In, it's like inspire. I do have discourse. Okay, what is it? Adano six five four. Inspirado Projecto. Adano six five four. Okay, very good. And what's that? Um, just my account. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's Instagram. Um, Discord. Oh, Discord, Discord. Okay, very good. Yeah, Inspirado Projecto. What's your name again? My name's Candace. I love it. I love it. You got these little guys talking about these kinds of Thank important you. issues out there in the world. Yeah, and that's just you have to because exactly like you said, oh my it's gosh. what is our future, and if we keep them caught up in what they teach them today, they. Oh my God! Then, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You so, guys yeah. are doing a great job. It was a pleasure to meet you all. It was a pleasure to meet you too. Go rock it, right? Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> This is a, it's a new car and it's a lease and I don't actually know where my lease book is. It might be behind here. Okay. I might, uh, might be able to reach it. Sorry. I leased it at the end of August. I have this too in the front um, corner of the windshield. I just got the plates and put them on. So I can give you this. Uh, Where are you coming from tonight? We just left a gig. We play uh, in a yacht rock band out and we were coming from Glendora. Have you consumed any alcohol today? Nope, I have not, sir. 
Okay. Is there a reason why I'm spending the odor of an alcoholic beverage inside the vehicle? Uh, well, I, I had a couple of drinks tonight. You had a couple of drinks? Yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, crap. That's terrible. I'll, I'll give that to you. That? So no alcohol for you today? No, sir. When was the last time you had any alcohol? Um, I don't know. Five, four or five days ago. Okay, but none today? No. None last night? No, and the reason so. why I say last night is because we're in a new day today. No, no, no. I haven't had any. In He's always strict whenever he plays, when he sings at our gigs. Like, he okay. doesn't drink any alcohol. So, check this out. Philip or Matthew? Philip is my first name. Philip? All right. Yeah. I just want to make sure you're not impaired. Nope. I'm going to check you out real quick. Make okay. sure um, you're going to be able to drive this vehicle in a of safe course, manner, yeah, okay? Yeah. All right, go ahead and step out of the vehicle. Okay. drunk test and he hasn't had a drop of uh, alcohol at all. I've, I've I had a couple of drinks of course. finger around with the flashlight on him. I wish we could give him a sticker or a um, um, passport, uh, a, uh, what do you call it? A card. Siento is I'm sorry. Here we go. Well, me for the warning. We said, That's, cool. That's beautiful. That's great. Can you hold that for me? Yeah, absolutely. Can I push this up on the? Do you want me to put it up there for you, for? Uh, in the no, window. I, I'm gonna put it in this book. That I okay. Have. So. With the sticker and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad he will let you off with a warning. Well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a ticket. Yeah, you, have, yeah, and you hadn't had anything to drink. You know, it's like, that, that's what's so cool about your regime. You know, every Nicoletta single time you make sure Nicoletta not to drink at all. Yeah. And, you know, you stay as completely clear of that as possible. Oh, Nicoletta's calling. I was going, I was going too fast. I was going a little bit faster than I normally do. Usually I go like 78. Gosh, I wish I had a koozie or some kind of something to give to him, like a- He like was a, very cool. Like a sti sticker or a, some kind of, <laughs> some way to pass our propaganda onto him. Yeah. I mean, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. 
That's cool that he that he let you off. That's uh, very very nice. With a warning. Oh my god. Hey Kurt, this is Richard Wilson from Mad Shelley Films, and we have a message for you. This, this is Mad Shelley Films, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto Radio. Have you heard about the paradox about computers being better at logic than humans? It's hard to pick a screw out of a box of screws. The new embargo on Russian intelligentsia means that the uh, Russian chess masters can't travel to the United States to treat the teach the kids how to play chess. Reverse McCarthyism. <laughs> 